Good afternoon, Shadow Hills. Uh, we had an incident over New Year's Eve where someone collapsed and other people in the room really didn't know how to behave. And so I have asked Jeff Kirkpatrick, who is the chairman of our Emergency Preparedness Committee, to come in and talk about that and some other things. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bob. And thanks for the opportunity to get out to our neighbors. <laughs> and lastly, hello, neighbors. Um, Bob's asked me to talk about uh, the AED incident that occurred on uh, New Year's Eve at the Meet and Eat Gala. And apparently it was a pretty fairly well-attended event and a lot of people. Uh, our Emergency Preparedness Committee has a bunch of members, and six of them were present that night, and they jumped right to it. I'm very, very incredibly proud of them because they worked as a six-person team and just pulled off a miracle. Two of our EPC members that were there were both retired RNs. One is an ICU RN and an emergency room RN. And they both jumped on him and started CPR immediately. They assessed him and started CPR. One other person was instructed to dial 911, another EPC member. That person dialed 911 and got the paramedics started. Another person ran for an AED, knowing where it was behind the Lifestyles desk in the Montecito. She brought that AED back and gave it to the two RNs that were on the floor with the patient. Two gentlemen, also on the EPC, went outside in the parking lot to usher in the paramedics once they arrived and take them straight to the patient. In the meantime, another EPC member was clearing furniture and pushing the crowd away from the patient to allow the nurses to do their thing with CPR. Um, it took a little while for the paramedics to get there because our station that's right here on 40th was out on a call elsewhere in the community, so it automatically diverted to the Bermuda Dunes station. Bermuda Dunes firefighters weren't real familiar with our community, and the 911 call that was made from a cell phone didn't show a appropriate address that Bermuda Dunes firefighters could identify. So I want to compliment our EPC team that was present, saved the gentleman's life. He came to and his heart restored just as they had the pads on him from the AED and they were going through the cycle. And he started breathing and, and struck a pulse. And the machine automatically said, nope, I'm not going to shock you. And the EPC people uh, continued their, their uh, monitoring him as the paramedics arrived. So the timing couldn't have been better. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for this gentleman. He survived. Uh, he's doing well. And I'm very proud of our EPC members. And I'd like to name them if I can. Sure. Uh, Jerry Eversoll. Sherry Adams, Barbara Mason, Patty Peterson, Joe Adams, and John Peterson. I commend all of them for their professionalism, their, their calmness under stress. When other people were upset and stressed, they remained calm and cool, and they performed as they were trained. So enough about that. Sure. Uh, on the uh, January 29th board meeting, I'm going to be presenting not only the EPC's annual report, but I'll also be presenting a side presentation on the use of the AEDs. And I'd like to talk about that for a moment, if Please. I can. 
Why don't you start by just telling us what an AED is? Good question. Thank you very much. In 13 of the common areas, uh, between now and shortly from now, there will be 13 AEDs, automatic external defibrillators. You see the crash cart in hospital TV shows where they're running down the hallways and somebody's heart is stopped and they're going to put the pad paddles on them and shock them back to life. This is a uh, very miniaturized version of that very same tool used in hospitals and doctor's offices. And now it's been uh, made so easy to use that it's marketed to the general public. Doesn't require a prescription, doesn't require anything. It's FDA approved. And the association, uh, after a collaboration between EPC safety and the uh, fitness advisory committees last year, um, we encouraged the board to provide as many AEDs as possible throughout the community and especially in our common buildings, common areas. So they're located all over the place right now. Uh, we have more on order and unfortunately the night of, this, of the New Year's Eve, we did not have one in the ballroom. It was across, out the hall uh, behind the lifestyles desk mounted on the wall. So in the future, near future, if not already, Everyone in any common area, that includes the tennis courts, the pickleball courts, the ballrooms, the meeting rooms, the hallways, all they have to do is look for a wall-mounted three-dimensional sign that's about head level or better uh, that says AED. And what that signifies is that below it is a white box containing a red package behind a glass door, kind of like an old fire extinguisher boxes, and in that box is an AED that you, you grab and run with it. All the boxes are unlocked on purpose because you don't want them locked if you're in an emergency. And they're so simple to use that almost no training is necessary. When you open the, the red package, it folds out like a briefcase, and inside it is the AED machine, the automatic external defibrillator, and two paddles that have sticky side on them, and you peel the sticky sides, and on the sticky sides, it shows exactly where you place the paddles on the patient's chest. Once you have fixed those pads to the chest, there's one on the upper right and one on the lower left below the left breast. And you stand back and you push the start button. There's three buttons on the machine. They're all foolproof and you push the start button and it automatically starts diagnosing the patient to see exactly what it, the patient needs in terms of electrical assistance. After it's done the assessment, it will instruct the rescuers to push the jolt button and step back. Everybody is not supposed to touch the patient while this is happening. You could be shocked yourself. It's not a deadly shock, but it's a powerful shock. And once that shock occurs, the person receives that shock, and then the machine immediately reanalyzes. It tells you to stop CPR. It tells you to start CPR. It tells you to stop and back off and push the shock button again. And, if, and it will go through that cycle as long as it takes to bring the patient back. The rescue rate, the percentage of successes, is extremely high. It's not foolproof. It's not perfect but it's extremely high in the, in the greater than 90% uh, range. And it is a wonderful tool. 
they've come down in price so much right now that they're even being marketed to folks um, in their homes and in their cars. When I was a police chief, I staffed every car and motorcycle in my fleet with an AED machine, and our rescue rates went up, just went crazy, went up. Uh, so we had it. We had a good experience with it. So I brought that experience with me here. Great. That's an AED. Great. Um, the presentation I'm going to be putting on on January 29th at the board meeting includes why use an AED, uh, and quite frankly, it's to treat ventricular fibrillation, a common cause of sudden cardiac arrest, and that's what our patient New Year's Eve had. Um, and an SCA, a sudden cardiac arrest, occurs when, a, when the heart unexpectedly stops pumping. And when that happens, oftentimes it's cutting off other autonomic uh, functions of the body, including breathing. When to use an AED? Whenever a victim is unconscious and there's an absence of normal breathing. Now, just a quick question. If something, an incident happens, should someone start CPR while someone else goes to get the AED? Yeah, I'm going to talk about that exactly. And, um, but it's important to know, too, when not to use an AED, and that's when the victim is conscious and the person is breathing normally. Um, I talked about looking for the cabinets and whatnot, but there's some common questions that go with AEDs. There's a lot of folks here in the community that have pacemakers. Can you use an AED with somebody with a pacemaker installed inside them? Yes, you can. It's safe to do so. It's important not to put the shock pads on top of the pacemaker or next to the pacemaker. So the thing to look for would be, because you have to open up the person's shirt to, to put the pads on it, because it has to be bare skin, and you place the pads, but the one that's nearest the pacemaker, you don't place on top of the pacemaker. You want to look for a scar or a bulge or both, and then put it off to the side of that. Um, it's safe to use uh, for victims lying on wet surfaces. Say a person has a heart attack in the swimming pool, and rescuers take them to the side and get them out of the pool, even though the, the cement might be a little damp, wet, puddly, and the patient is lying in it, it's still okay to use it. You don't use it when somebody is inside the pool or the spa, immersed in the water. Um, the skin should be dry. If you have to, use the victim's shirt or a towel or your own clothing to dry down the skin so that the pads actually stick well. Uh, it's safe to use near cell phones and two-way radios. Oftentimes you might have security people nearby and their radios could be interfering, or you would think, but they don't. Um, and the last cautionary note I would suggest to people is don't use them when you're in an oxygen-heavy environment. For instance, like you're at home, you're someplace where there's an oxygen tent and pure oxygen is in the atmosphere. It's very flammable and a spark could ignite it. But it's okay to use it on somebody that's wearing an oxygen mask, for instance. That oxygen is contained. So having said that, uh, what you asked, your last question, referred to rescuer duties. Um, first of all, stay calm and exercise teamwork. Quickly enlist helpers. Can't do it all by yourself. Put the victim on the floor or the ground. Need a hard surface to do CPR. If a person is in a bed 
or on some soft surface, it's hard to get the proper comp compressions, which is about two inches on the chest. That's a, he that's a heavy compression. While you're doing that, send a runner to retrieve an AED. There will be plenty around. Also direct someone to call 911 emergency medical services. Now most important is to know the address where your patient is. All of our buildings here in Sun City have different addresses, but if you use the PBX phone system, our PBX phone system is tied to a VOIP, voice over internet protocol, telephone system, and it, it shows the HOA office as the source where the phone call is coming from. Modern 911 systems pull up the address that's provided to the 911 system. Well, a VOIP PBX system provides that address, and in our case, everything's based at the HOA, so it'll show that. So it's important to know the address. In the very near future, and I'm talking very soon, there will be a placard above each telephone, each wall phone or PBX phone, to show that phone's real address so the paramedics get it. But in reality, most people will use their cell phone to call 911. Does that have a good GPS system in it? Yes and no. Uh, I've written articles in The View in the past talking about VOIP telephones. A lot of people bundle their phones with Frontier and Spectrum uh, with their internet and TV and cable, and that is still a VOIP system. Voice over internet protocol uses your computer as a telephone station, if you will, and it might have your address, and it might not. It might have, for instance, if you moved from the San Fernando Valley to Sun City Shadow Hills, and you were using a bundled VOIP system there, and you brought your computer here and set it up and plugged into the VOIP phone system here, it might still show your San Fernando Valley address. So you need to be very specific using a cell phone. The other thing is with cell phones, uh, Marconi's rules of radio, a uh, cell phone is nothing but a simple radio. And what you want to do is be aware that the signal that's, is, that is going out from your phone is a straight line signal and it's going to find the nearest antenna. Well, antennas along the freeway are supposed to be programmed to channel 911 calls directly to the CHP. California Highway Patrol doesn't service interior communities in incorporated cities. It does service unincorporated areas. But you run the risk using a cell phone. If you're near the freeway in a city environment and the cell tower picks up your signal and directs it to the CHP office instead of to your local EMS or, or police. So that's an important distinction to understand. So it's not foolproof, but it's, it's, it's pretty darn good. And as patrons of the systems, we need to understand how those systems work. Hence, go back in the archives of The View and look up that article. It goes into greater detail than what I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat> a lot of this stuff is happening simultaneously, so also direct spectators away and keep them quiet. Noise is important because the team, the rescue team, whoever they are, needs to be able to communicate. And if they have to shout over the crowd noise, it kind of defeats the purpose. So, uh, and in the event of an entertainment event, you have live music, pull the mic on the, on the band. Shut them down, at least for the duration of that part. Start your CPR. CPR does require some training and some practice, um, but what's neat about the AED machine 
is if you push the blue button on the AED, machi AED machine, it will tell you how to do CPR, and it'll even get you, give you a metronome sound to pulse and pump on the, on the patient's chest. Um, so you're starting CPR. Have a helper apply AED pads while you're performing the CPR. The CPR is merely putting lung, uh, air into the person's lungs and pumping it through the defunct heart. So that keeps the brain alive and keeps the tissues alive. That's important. So when, this, when the AED is ready and the AED tells you to stop CPR, stop the CPR, activate the AED, follow the AED's instructions. It talks to you in a loud robot voice. Keep the victim still and allow no one, including yourself, to touch the victim. After that, follow the AED verbal instructions. It makes it foolproof. Uh, during the uh, board meeting, I'll be showing a four-minute video that shows exactly how to use an AED and how to do CPR. Here's an important thing to know about. There are 13 locations here in Sun City where the AED will be located for public use. One is at the HOA office in the front office near the receptionists. Another one is at the Montecito Fitness Center adjacent to the front desk area. The Montecito Clubhouse behind the Lifestyles desk. The Montecito Ballroom pending a location to be determined. That's the one that uh, the board has authorized an immediate purchase of. There's already one out by the Montecito tennis courts mounted near the ice machine between the courts. At the Montecito outdoor pool, that one too is pending and it will be mounted near the uh, restaurant, the outdoor restrooms. Uh, Santa Rosa clubhouse adjacent to the front desk area. I checked on that prior to our meeting today and it's there and it's ready to be used. The Santa Rosa Clubhouse, currently behind the front desk, that one's being moved into the bistro at the Santa Rosa uh, because of the different hours that both sides of the fence work. The Santa Rosa Pickleball Courts, there's one near the bulletin board right now. Another one is the outdoor pool at Santa Rosa. That one is pending, and it'll be installed near the shower area. The maintenance yard has one. Most of our public doesn't get out to that facility, but that's for our employees out there, and they, they're out in the heat and all that good stuff all the time. That one's pending, and it'll be located in the, car, in the maintenance barn near the restrooms. Another one in the Shadows Golf Shop. It's currently behind the cash registers right now where you check in for your tea time. And lastly, the Shadows Restaurant near the bar. That one's present as well. So that kind of much wraps up my AED commentary. Um, I look forward to fielding questions from the audience on the 29th and doing what I can. Um, part of our contract with the vendors that sold us the AEDs is to provide training to our population, uh, to provide AED training specifically, but we'd also like to couple that with for basic first aid training, CPR training, and stop the bleed training. And we have sources for that as well. Um, we're excited about the, the yeah, era great. of AEDs yeah. and the era of, era of AEDs being so present in our midst. Uh, they are super simple to use. I've used them as a police officer. Uh, a lot of my officers used them with, with success. Uh, in fact, we never had a, a failure and during my, my period there. And, uh, I heartily recommend them, and I recommend them for home purchase as well.
That's great. Uh, before you go, why don't you tell us a bit about the Emergency Preparedness Committee, how many members you have, and whether you're looking for more. What a softball. Thanks, Bob. That's what I'm here for. Uh, yeah. The Emergency Preparedness Committee uh, was, was uh, commissioned back in uh, 2014 uh, in its present form, and uh, up, to, up to that time, it really didn't have a, a good, strong effort going. Um, but the board of directors, who has no responsibility to do anything for us residents in terms of disaster preparedness, but it chooses to do so because it's the right thing to do. They have no fiduciary responsibility to get it done. But they funded the EPC. Uh, and the, we have a three-part mission. One is to prepare Sun City Shadow Hills residents to be self-sufficient and self-reliant for extreme emergencies when traditional first responders will be unavailable probably for up to two weeks. Look at any of our national, large national disasters, our disasters offshore, and it takes a couple of weeks for FEMA to get going. If you recall the tropical storm Hillary and all the damage that it created this summer, this past summer, uh, it took FEMA forever to mobilize, even though they're prepared to mobilize fairly quickly. But in government speak, that means a couple of weeks. So we need part of our charter is to train our residents to be self-reliant and self-sufficient for up to a couple of weeks straight, 14 hours, I mean 14 days, 24-7. Our second mission charter piece is to recruit, train, and equip a volunteer cadre of residents to respond to major community emergencies and disasters within Sun City Shadow Hills, including the aftermath of large earthquakes. You know, the, the geological experts tell us that we can expect us at least a 7.8 on the great bend of the San Andreas Fault. We're right in the middle of that bend. In fact, we're right near the south terminus of the San Andreas in Bombay Beach, Salton Sea. When that 7.8 erupts, and let's, let's, for the sake of argument, say that it comes from the Bombay Beach area, it'll take 16 seconds to get to Indio. They travel at about 600 miles an hour through the ground. That's pretty darn quick. So it's important to train our residents how to be prepared for that and to survive it. And then lastly, to, to create, equip, and operate an emergency operations center um, within the community and on behalf of the community. That center is equipped with, has equipment in it that the cadre of volunteers will use to conduct all kinds of, of activity uh, while they're doing in their rescue attempts. Um, it's open to any full or part-time resident of Sun City Hills who's in good standing. Uh, there are positions and jobs within the EPC for everyone. No one is left out, everyone is needed. And there's no prior experience needed. We'll train you. In fact, if you bring talents, we'll probably extort you. <laughs> uh, some of our milestones, uh, as I said, we were chartered in 2014. In 2015, we began our membership drive, which brings me to your question. Currently, we have about 95 people on the roster, of which about 50 are active members, which means they come every month. Uh, and I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, the HOA bought us an empty 45-foot cargo bin uh, because of its strength and its lack of great expense as a building, and we converted that into an emergency operations center. We, we've equipped it with all kinds of goodies like 
shortwave radio and proprietary radio so we can talk to security, ourselves, management, throughout the property using our built-in repeater system here in the community. Um, we debuted our, our Disaster Preparedness 101 seminar. It's a once-and-done, two-and-a-half-hour seminar where we teach you how to harden your home, prepare yourself, educate yourself so you know what's coming. Uh, I mean, most of the, most of the problems, that, the health problems that stem from earthquakes are caused by people who don't know what's, what to expect. And that sets up a fright factor in them, and a lot of heart attacks occur. So uh, we don't want to put the AEDs to use. So we try to convert that to education. So about 700 residents so far have participated in that seminar, and, and we offer it three or four two, two to four times a year in the high seasons, spring and fall. And uh, again, it's free. It's uh, just check the bulletin boards and check the website. Um, the EPC originally was a, in, in 2014, it became a subject to the, it was part of the safety advisory committee. And once they figured out that we knew what we were doing in 2022, they made us a full standing committee. Uh, we have a, a leadership team from within the committee, chosen by the committee. Uh, I won't go into that right now. That'll be on, on the presentation coming up. Uh, our reputation has, has exceeded the bounds of our walls. We have affiliations with the Coachella Valley Disaster Preparedness Network now, the Riverside County Emergency Management Department, FEMA's Community Emergency Response Team, Coachella Valley Radio Amateur Civil Emergency Services called RACES, goes back to the 30s for people to communicate with each other via shortwave radio. We have direct input from the City of Indio Police Chief's Advisory Commission and also from John F. Kennedy Hospital. I happen to be a board member at the hospital, so I can bring things straight to them and back. Uh, we have some active programs that we're proud of. We have a Vial of Life program, which is where you fill out a, a stat sheet on yourself and you stick it in a, in a Ziploc baggie and you stick it near the Cholula sauce in the fridge of your in the door of your refrigerator, and the medics and first responders are trained to look for a red decal on your front door that signifies that the, the same matching red decal is on the refrigerator door, indicating that your medical history is available to them right then and there. And that's important when you are not able to speak for yourself or, let's say, your guests or even, even your significant others present in the house with you when you have a problem, uh, they can't really address all the issues that the medics need to know also. And then that packet goes with you to the hospital. So again, you don't have all this redundant communication when time is of the essence. So we're proud of that. That's a free program. You can pick up a vial of life information at the rounder at the Montecito cl uh, Clubhouse where the, all the brochures are. The green card, red card program is a laminated red and green uh, 8 by 10 card. One side is red, meaning I need help. The other side is green, meaning I'm okay. And the idea is to, after an event, a major event, stick it in your front street-facing window. We have teams within the Emergency Preparedness Committee that will deploy from the EOC, the Emergency Operations Center. Sorry, it's alphabet soup. And they're going to be driving all the streets throughout the neighborhood, about 40 miles of streets that we have here in Sun City, and looking for the red cards. So if you have it and you're able to put it up in your front window or outside on your garage door, signifying that you need help, if 
the windshield survey team drives by, they're going to stop and find out what you need and then prioritize that with the EOC. The community emergency response team, you've seen the logo CERT advertised on television, through FEMA, and a lot of times you'll see it, you'll see CERT vested people or in green vests running around neighborhoods uh, in rescue areas. They're trained in light search and rescue, light first aid, um, searching buildings, searching houses, searching for people, and communicating that information back to the information points where we disseminate it and triage it and prioritize it and then direct resources to that issue. Again, one of our programs is the Emergency Preparedness 101 seminar that I just spoke about. Uh, everybody, we've taken polls from the people that attended it, and it's, it's never gotten a black mark. It's reminded people of what they've forgotten. It's taught people some new things that they didn't know. And a lot of them walk away, and they start hardening their home immediately. Um, we've done 127 website safety and emergency tips of the week in collaboration with the Information Advisory Committee. We're proud of that. Uh, we've, we've got an incredibly equipped emergency operations center. If you don't know where that is, it's located between the tennis courts and the 17th hole tee box next to the canal on the north side of Sun City Boulevard. Um, that's for our volunteers to show up at and go to work. And then uh, since we started, we've uh, created 79 regular articles of interest in the view. That's great. Uh, we're currently a model for uh, other HOAs starting their own EPCs. You know, I was just thinking as you were talking that I'll bet not very many other HOAs have got this kind of emergency preparedness. And that's just another good reason that people should feel good about living in this community. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's true. Uh, there are a number of HOAs within the Valley uh, that do have an uh, emergency preparedness committee standing. Uh, the most notable besides us is Sun City Palm Desert. Uh, others are, are striding, starting to get there. I did a presentation last week to Trilogy at the Polo Fields. They had 120 people mm -hmm. that we spoke to and talked about why they need to prepare. We're a model for some other HOAs, and uh, notably Four Seasons Terralago. They're starting an EPC modeled on us. Bermuda Dunes Country Club is trying. Trilogy at the Polo Fields. An outdoor resort in Palm Springs, which is actually Cathedral City. That's a luxury RV park. And they're getting an EPC going. Yeah. Tr trying very hard well, to. Well, everyone should. <laughs> trying very hard to. <clears throat> I'll leave it at that, uh, other than, you know, in our recruiting, we will put you to work. All we ask is that you be willing to do things on behalf of your neighbors and your friends and your family. And part of that is, number one, being prepared and self-sufficient in your own right, once that's accomplished, then you can come and help others. We really like that. Yeah. Um, some of our teams, we have a ham radio team. They manage our radio systems, make sure that we have the best equipment. We have a windshield survey team. Again, their job is to cruise the neighborhoods and report back information that the uh, incident command system management team within the EOC, they can use to get resources to where they need to be gotten to. We have an animal control team. One of the things that really that happens a lot in major incidents like a large earthquake is 
it scares animals just as much as it scares people. And oftentimes they'll escape their, their environments and get loose and wander and get lost. Um, if you have a chipped animal, this team will try to round that animal up, collect that animal, use our chip reader, which we have a state-of-the-art chip reader, uh, to identify the, the animal, and then try to reunite it with its owner. They'll bring the animal to the pound here in Sun City, Shadow Hills, and you ask, where is that? It's at the tennis court at the Montecito. And they're, they're equipped to put, to put the animal in cages for their own safety and their own security and, and mindfulness and uh, feed them and water them and give them blankets and take them for walks and make sure that they're happy campers uh, while we try to find their parents. So that's a good thing. Uh, we have a first aid station team. We have the capability of setting up four different first aid stations around the property. The first one will go up in front of the Montecito Clubhouse. All the others will be dictated by how serious is the event. How much damage is there? How many injuries are there? What kinds of injuries do we anticipate based on what our windshield survey team is telling us? So we have retired medical people, EMS, nurses, doctors, who are prepared to stand up those first aid stations. No surgeries, no embalming, nothing like that, but basic common sense first aid, trauma first aid. Uh, and we're not talking about band-aids covering a boo-boo. We're talking about deep flesh wounds where we can actually do something. Uh, they're trained in first aid, AEDs, CPR, and Stop the Bleed, all nation nationally recognized programs. We have a generator support team. We have six portable generators, uh, two on a mobile trailer that we can take to anywhere in the complex, two at the EOC, and one each right now at each of the two guardhouses. And in the event of a power failure, they're ready to power up the guardhouses. They've been used several times over the last few years with power outages that they've suffered there. Uh, and the idea there is to keep the lights on, keep the computers going, keep the uh, radios going, and phones and all that good stuff. And in the summer, keep it cool, and in the winter, keep it warm. Um, so I don't want to give away everything, but we train every month. We have a two-hour session where everybody gathers here in the, either the Santa Rosa uh, Monterey Pismo Room or the Montecito Clubhouse front half of the ballroom. Depends on the month, and that's really dictated by room availability here in Sun City. Lucky us. Um, we invite, invite you to come see us. Feel us out, see if it's something you'd like to participate in. We meet from 1 o'clock to 3 p.m. on the first Thursday of every month. Uh, we might be dark a couple months in the summer. That's decided by the team. And we go from there. So if you're interested in joining us and having a good time, getting a good adrenaline surge, learning how to keep your neighbors safe and safer and your own family safe and safer, Give us a ring. You know, in the, at the tagline of every article in the view, we put, please consider joining the EPC. Become self-prepared. It really is quite easy. And you don't bust the bank doing it. Well, great. Thank you for coming in and sharing all this with us. Uh, there's a lot of new information, things I didn't know. And uh, I hope that uh, we can generate some more interest and your emergency preparedness committee will grow.
Thank you. Thank you coming for coming in and for the audience. Thank you for your attention. Until next time, bye-bye.